With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another playoff edition of the Rink Rat Report podcast. We got a guest on two times in a row we got a guest absolutely wild we got josh i guess we can't call you josh from leicester anymore you're 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 moving out of there almost yeah but you can keep the nickname if you want thanks for having me again always a pleasure joe all right so we're gonna dive into what is going on in these playoffs i mean they've been incredibly close for almost every series and the only series that haven't been close have just been absolute upsets what do you what do you think about the playoffs overall so far josh I mean, I feel like it gets crazier and crazier every year at this point. It's, I don't even know what to say. What we just saw tonight with Columbus and then the Islanders sweeping Tampa and Pittsburgh respectively. I don't think you could find one person who thought that that was going to happen, those two results. Like, I, I, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's kind of starts to remind me of March Madness a little bit, honestly. Like, the upsets, the games are all so exciting. It's, it's I, there's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs, man. I love it. It's been crazy. Absolutely nothing at all. I mean, the only downside of this, you know that they're going to use this as leverage to keep this playoff format for years to come, even though, you know, we all have opinions about it. But anyways, can't complain. They've been absolutely awesome. We're going to dive into a little bit of uh, our thoughts on this New York Islanders-Pittsburgh, the, the, the sweeps that just happened. I mean, first off, let's, let's get into uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning because this this is an upset for the ages. I've never seen anything like this. We saw Detroit lose to the eight-seed Edmonton Oilers in 06, but nothing like this. Take us through your thoughts, Josh. I mean, starting from game one, you see Tampa get the 3-0 lead. Like, I don't think any, everyone's like, oh, this series is over. 3 nothing already. Tampa Bay's up in the game one. It's not even going to be close. From the second that Columbus scored that first goal of the series, they completely dominated the next three and a half games. It was crazy. And things just seemed to get go from bad to worse for Tampa. It was like compounding mistakes. I think Hedman's injury, obviously, was a huge factor. Even when he played, I mean, we saw him get dangled twice. Like, he did not look good. And then he had to sit out the last two games. The Kucherov suspension, another, just a bonehead play. And then add on all... add on to all that like they just didn't play that well overall Columbus really did for the most part look like a, the better team this wasn't this didn't feel like oh we had a fluke sweep or a fluke sweep. Like, how could it be a fluke if it's a sweep as well I mean Bobrovsky stood on his head like we talked about last episode that's the key for Columbus and mm-hmm. I mean he he played amazing Vasilevsky really exactly. didn't play very well that hurt Tampa as well but I yeah. I mean it was honestly after that first period and a half of the first game I didn't even think it was that close it really felt like Columbus took it to Tampa and it was hey congrats to that to that team for their first ever playoff series win which is crazy the circumstances that happened upsetting one of the best teams of all time but I mean it was just unbelievable this is completely wild I mean from watching from what I watched tonight I 
started watching in the second period, Tampa Bay did not look like a team for, what, half of this game. They did not look like a team that was on the ropes. It looked like they planned the vacation already. And then you saw them get into it. I mean, Vasilevsky, I mean, he didn't have the greatest series, but he really did keep them in this game here. I mean, he made a couple of awesome saves from what I saw. But just, I don't know. And then it's going to be interesting. I mean, this was their year. Now, you got to admit, this is their year to win because now changes are going to come in the offseason. I mean, Braden Point, how much is that kid going to make? He's going he's gonna to be able to buy so many yachts after this offseason. That's all I'm going to say. But, I mean, congrats to the Blue Jackets. They just, I don't know if it's outwilled them, the, the build of the roster, but it, they were awesome. They were awesome, and they, they really did put a lot of people uh, behind they destroyed everyone's brackets. They took everyone's brackets and they used it as toilet paper. That's all I gotta say with that one. <laughs> it was crazy. And I see a see a couple people like maybe calling for John Cooper to get fired. Like in my opinion, he's a great coach. At some point, the players gotta play, right? Like, how could you yeah. blame this this on him specifically? What could he have done differently? He, he put the, like the team the team didn't show up. Plain and simple, the team laid an egg. I mean, it's disappointing. You gotta wonder. Mm-hmm. I, I assume there will be some changes. I think it's. Uh, supremely talented roster top to bottom I don't think they should have any overreactions to exactly. be honest but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see definitely it's, it's a shocker I mean I, I think we joked on the last podcast with our gambling expert Johnny that Columbus was uh, whatever 45 or 50 to 1 to sweep Tampa and we joked that uh, bet your paycheck on it exactly so I actually I know we would have been laughing at the bank but uh, one player that I actually do want to point out from Columbus, this kid, Alex Texier, have you, have you had any, have you watched him at all? I mean, obviously in the series, you've had to watch yeah, him. He I was mean, awesome. I don't know. He, he looked great again tonight. It was insane. The he, Frenchman. The was an absolute snipe. It was incredible. I swear to God, what, two seasons ago, this guy was playing in the France League, and he looked awesome. Tonight, I, I mean, he was drafted higher than a lot of people expected. Well, because he was coming from the France League, which, for reference, bad ECHL players go there and they rip it up. So to see him come out, I mean, it's playoffs. I guess it's who steps up. And we thought that Tampa Bay had a plethora of fantastic players that could have st- stood up and destroyed Columbus, but we just did not see enough of it. So. No, it is crazy. Like you said, Tampa has all those studs. And you watch a kid who played two career NHL games, played half the season mm-hmm. in the Finnish League this year, and he comes in and rips two goals. Like, it's it's wild, man. It's it's crazy. It's, it it's is. Nothing. You can't even describe a team like Columbus coming in and sweeping Tampa. It's just it's crazy, man. I it love is. it. I love, love it. it. Let's move on to the, the other just completely bonkers series. Um, in the Islanders and the Penguins. And, I mean, you got to pat yourself on the back there with that Jordan Eberle's got to step up. Holy hell. So did say that the series wouldn't even be close. But mm, I, I did too. I thought that was going to be because <laughs> Pittsburgh was going to sweep the Islanders, and that was incorrect. I mean, another surprise to me. I'm super down on the Islanders, but credit to them. They came out, played hard every single game, all four games. Good, good overall effort in all four games and again we always talk about the goalies but it's the difference Robin Leonard played amazing all four games mm-hmm. and it changes series especially tonight he was 
He was a brick wall. He was awesome. He was and yeah, awesome. I did say Jordan Everly. He did step up. He's been pretty good. I'll, I will find myself on the back for that. But, I mean, <laughs> all I got to say now is this Eastern Conference is wide open. Whoever, a one of Toronto or Boston, whoever wins that series, Panthers have gone well to win the Stanley Cup this year, at least to make it to the finals. Like, oh, yeah. The, the Cup is fine. shocking. Because, I mean, uh, we haven't talked much about Washington, but I don't think there's much to say there. But I 100% agree. I mean, what, anyone could get, it seems, to the, especially for coming from the Toronto-Boston series. I think whoever uh, comes out of that series is going to beat Columbus. And I know it's a little early to say that, but, and especially after what we just watched. I mean, Columbus just manhandled the top team in the league, but I just... I, I don't know. I still think that whoever comes out of that series is going to be in the conference finals. But to touch a little bit on this Penguins series, I mean, I don't know what it was. From what I saw, the Islanders, they got a chance. They buried it. I mean, Matt Murray didn't play great. And in the playoffs, you need your goalie to to get hot like he did, like we saw him and Flurry do a couple years ago. And that led to the Stanley Cup. We just haven't seen it from him the past two playoffs. I'm not saying move on from him. I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm not saying he's trash, but you need that extra little boost from your goaltender back there. But aside from him, I don't think it was just him. There was just not enough production from the big guys as well. I mean, looking at this series, like they just didn't get enough run support either. Where were your big guys? And... The one thing that's going to be interesting coming out of this series is how are the Islanders going to play in Brooklyn? Ugh. Trash rink right I mean, there. I mean, that's that's a, honestly a game changer for them because the atmosphere in that barn in the Coliseum is insane. I it's mean, completely nuts. Those fans are crazy compared to Brooklyn where half the corner of the stadium is taken up by a car. Like it's a Honky joke, the man. car. <laughs> You should not play hockey in that stadium, and that that will that will come be. A, I mean, a definitely negative for them going forward. As silly as it sounds, but hey, for now they should enjoy their sweep. I mean, good good on them. I thought they played really well. I thought they played better than they did when I watched them in the regular season. Still, don't think they're oh, not 100%. good. But hey, to take down a, a a team like Pittsburgh with that much playoff experience, with that, that much pedi- with that much pedigree, yeah, I agree. Yeah, tip of the cap tip of the cap to that one uh i also want to point out uh i believe matt barzal had himself a nice little series as well i I was a little bit curious to see what would happen i mean he's what 20 years old right now i would I, i was really really curious to see how he would uh react in such a series playing such a good team and playing such a team with that much playoff pedigree and i mean Kudos to him again. Kudos to him. He was, he was very, very good as well, assisting on the, uh, assisting on that that the OT winner. I mean that OT winner, that assist that he had in the in the first game was completely nasty, as well. So, we're gonna move on from this one. We gotta. I mean, I know both of us been itching because we haven't talked about the Leafs in uh, a couple minutes now, but the Leafs in Boston. Now this is. This is everything you want in a playoff series and more. What have you seen so far from this from both teams? Uh, it, like you said, it's been a great series. I don't even think that's a biased take as a as a Leafs fan. It's been back and forth. First game, I thought the Leafs played really well. Uh, it wasn't 
uh, they didn't dominate or anything, but they played better than Boston and they won. The second game was, a, in my opinion, almost a disaster for the Leafs. I love the way they bounced back in game three. I thought Mike Babcock maybe had his best coaching effort of the entire season in game three. And it started right from the start. I don't know if you noticed, but he started the Matthews line uh, yep. to start the game on the opening draw. They had about 30, 40 seconds of a good shift. Change for Tavares to line match with Bergeron. But right after that shift, the Tavares line had, he put Matthews right back out there. And I'd love to see that. It's showing that he was going to go back to his studs, put faith in the top two lines, which are obviously going to be needed to be leaned on a little more now that Kadri's out. And you know what? They delivered in my opinion. I thought both those lines had a great game. I thought Tavares was great, especially defensively. I mean, he's been the difference so far from last year, this year. Not that Kadri isn't a good shutdown center, because he is. We know he mm-hmm. is, but I mean, Terrific. that line's been able to do to the Bergeron line has been really the, the difference in the series so far. And then uh, another guy who most people were ragging on the first two games was Andreas Janssen, and he just had a terrific game all around. The goal was nasty that he scored, oh, yeah. and it, 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 they really played well. And people have been a little hard on Anderson, especially at the end of the year. I think he's been so steady for us in this series. Even in the game two loss, I thought he was great. I mean, he, if he keeps playing like this, I think I think we'll be able to take the series. From Boston's end, I think... Uh, Obviously, they need that first line to step up. Yeah, I saw oh, 100%. their line rushes today. They're keeping them together. There was some rumors if they were going to pass the, the second line. But for them, it's the, that's the key to the series. And I think uh, I think Alex said it last podcast that it's really they, – they have a good team, but the bulk of their production comes from that one line. The and majority, if you shut yeah. down that one line, you, you see it, it. It changes the game. I don't know what you think, but I think if the Leafs can continue to – manage the damage that the Bergeron line does five on five. I mean, they're going to get theirs on the power play. We know that, but mm-hmm. in terms of five on five, I think that's the key to taking this series. 100%. And I think the biggest difference between last year and this year, it's night and day. As you said, with the addition of Tavares, what I noticed was last year when that Matthews line wasn't rolling, it, it was a completely different game. It looked like we were battling uphill, but the Matthews line wasn't quite quite rolling right off the bat in game one. They were a little bit quiet in game two. But the difference maker was that Tavares line. Marner, Tavares, and Hyman too. You got to hand it to him. Even though I think sometimes he sweeps up the ice more than a Zamboni. He, that line is completely incredible. They've shut down that Boston line. And as you said, without that line, who, what, are they, what do they got? Chara looks slow. We've not seen enough from any of the other D. I mean, Tori Krug is pretty good too, but and David Krejci has had his chances, but it's just it's not enough. It's not enough at all. And I think we're going to see a lot more of, as you said, rolling those two lines, the Matthews and Tavares line, because when they're going, I think Boston's got a real tall task ahead of them. And not to rag on Boston. I mean, all the I mean. The first game was a one-goal game, other than the uh, or the first goal was the game was a, a close game, I must say. Sorry, and then the second game they completely outplayed us. I mean, I, I I couldn't believe that someone had a worse performance in that building than the Leafs in game two, and that being the refs. And thank God the Leafs actually didn't play well, or I would still be steaming about that game and how poor. That ref, the performance of the officiating was in that one. 
But and then game three, you see that bounce back. Holy, holy, holy! The difference that home ice makes in the playoffs is incredible. So, game four Wednesday. I mean, that's that's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how they come out come out uh, out of the gate. Uh, what do you see happening in game four? Who do you see as a key player to step up? I thought, honestly, I, the first two lines played great uh, for the Leafs. I thought William Elander had a really nice night, too. He didn't play much. I think he was around 14 minutes. But in terms of the way stepping into that third-line center role, gave us. I thought he gave us some great minutes at both ends of the ice. I mean, they're not really giving him the best wingers there with Marlowe and Brown, even though I thought Marlowe had a good game for himself. Um, I think he's going to be a key again, especially if he can chip in a goal. I mean, that would help a lot. Just... For us, it's important again, even to to keep that number one line shut down. That's been, that's been the difference so far, and I trust Tavares, Marner, and like you said, the unsung hero, I guess, Zach Hyman, to uh, to do that again. Uh, for Boston, uh, I, I think they need to figure out their lines. They're doing a lot of juggling with their bottom nine forwards. I think Coyle's been their best their best forward outside of those big guns, even though they haven't played well either. Uh, the back is in and out of the lineup. I mean, it's just been been kind of staggered for them and they need to find something some mix that works for them if they're gonna they're gonna score against this Leafs team at five on five because I feel like the Leafs have had the edge so far five on five overall in the three games well for sure I mean the Boston power play on or off whether the uh whether that top line is on or off they're just they're deadly as hell I mean and I think game two was a really good display of what they can do in terms of damage. But yeah, as you said, I mean, if that, that, that top line's really, really got to wake up or it's, it's going to be an early golfing season for them. Uh, another thing I want to point out, like Tuka Rask, he's been, even in last year's series in the playoffs, I mean, he's just been okay. And how many cup teams do you remember uh, have, how many teams have won the cup? Sorry, where their goalie has just been okay. Like something, he's got to he's got to really shake it up. We've seen him win Vesnas before. We've seen him play awesome. I mean, but just meddling stats like that are just not enough in my opinion. And that's where I think the Leafs have a really really big edge in Fred, Frederick Anderson. He's been. So lights yeah, out. I, mean, I think his numbers are a little inflated from that game two game. At least didn't play well. Took a lot of long range shots. Didn't have that many high danger chances. But game one and three, I mean, he's been thoroughly outplayed by Anderson overall, in my opinion. Uh, he just Anderson just been more steady, making the saves when we need them. Uh, I think it, not to change the subject, but to touch on one guy that I think has been terrific for the Leafs has been Jake Muzzin. I mean, this guy, the physicality he plays with and. His ability so to, again, help shut down that top line has been invaluable for the Leafs. I mean, one thing we talked about before the series started was our worry about Hainsey in that top pairing with Riley mm-hmm. being matched up against yeah. that top line for Boston. But the way Babcock's done it is he's made Zeit 7 Muzzin his shutdown pairing, and he's let the Riley pairing pay, play a little more offensive minutes, and they, they I think they played well in that role, a lot better than... If it, the roles were switched, for example, if mm-hmm. Riley were matched up against that top line. I mean, Zaitsev, I'm not a big fan of his. I think he's a disaster with the puck in his own end. But he's played well in this series. 
in my opinion, compared to how what my expectations were. Oh yeah. And I think Muzzin helps them a lot. I mean, that's been you know, tip of the cap to Kyle, du- Kyle Dubas. I mean, to get that guy in the lineup, not only at the deadline, but a month before, to get him acclimated to his surroundings, help him uh, adjust to a new system, etc. Uh, uh, it's been huge. I think he's been an X factor for us so far. Oh yeah, I think getting getting him in before playoffs, uh, like that, having that amount of time with a team, especially as a defenseman, it's huge. I mean, you saw what like, the, the first ten games when you're with a new team, even the f- first fifteen, they almost have to be like a, a write off for a defenseman. You're dealing with new forwards, new speed, new coach, new new everything, and as a defenseman. In my opinion, when you're moved into a different scenario, when you're moved into a different environment, it impacts your game so much more than if you were a winger, if you were a, for, uh, a forward. I mean, it's it's incredible to see. And I mean, if these playoff, I mean, these playoffs have been just an ode to how good Jake Muzzin actually is. And he, you're, I agree, he has stepped up. But I gotta say, that game two was. And I mean, you got to admit, the dash three in game two was a bit ugly. Yeah, in game two, it, it was it wasn't his best performance, but I think the whole team overall didn't play well. And not to change the subject quick here, but I can't believe that Martin Jones again let in a, a goal early in the game. This oh, he did. Is atrocious. A minute into the game, Pacioretty scores. Like, oh, this guy's an absolute. What happened? Like, he was a league average goaltender last year. Always been a league average goaltender. Had that one incredible run to the cup, but this is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm actually not watching that game right now. Uh, I don't know how they scored. Oh, but Winnipeg is buzzing against St. Louis right now. A couple great chances. Good right shot off the rush, rush by Pacioretty. But they make a save, man. They He just does not make the save when they need it. I know as I said, no. he was going to come up for them big in this class, but holy, was that wrong so far. I mean... I feel horrible for San Jose because if you watch this series, San Jose's been scoring goals. Like they, oh yeah, it's been pretty even so far, five on five, in my opinion. Like outside of that second line for Vegas, I think I would say San Jose has even had an edge in this series. But my goodness, like make a save when you need it, make one save. I mean, even the fact they got to play from behind every game is just killer. Even like, I mean, who are you gonna sit him for, Aaron Dell? Like. This is completely ridiculous, and this is this is kind of a fiasco uh, that the the Sharks have on their hands for next season as well. I mean, how long? Martin Jones is an, under contract for another like three years or so, like for five and a, five and a change. S- something's got to get figured out in this offseason by him. I don't doubt and that honestly, he will, I but thought, I, I thought he would play well because when you look at some of the goalies who played poorly in the playoffs and lost their mm-hmm. job. I mean, look at, for example, Grubauer last year. There's situations where guys are in a legitimate goaltending tandem mm-hmm. and maybe they feel the pressure and they don't play loose in net. This guy knows he's the guy. He's... Their backup is the worst backup in the league. He, he's, he's just played horrible, though. I don't, I don't get it. It's been, it's been a disaster. There's no end. He's been there before. Like he's been he, there before. He's been there. He's been there and been there and back. And uh, just to see that as a San Jose fan, you got to be absolutely fuming that you're and I mean, in a hole like that. Even worse for San Jose. Obviously, Vlasic's injury hurts mm-hmm. them. I don't know how long he'll be out. Thornton's suspension that was just not That's a smart play one. by him. I no. think he knew he's getting suspended too. 
And I've heard some rumors through my San Jose grapevine that Carlson might still be injured. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, I mean we'll I see if they can it. come back. I wouldn't doubt it. In this in this St. Louis game, I got to point out they're wearing blue and they kind of look like seats. I mean, it, it almost looks empty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why the hell you, you would to, give them this color. You want to touch on that series a little bit too? That's been an entertaining series. This well. has been wildly back and forth. I mean, St. Louis left Winnipeg uh, up to nothing, but it didn't quite feel. I mean, it was so back and forth. It all the games were so close, and I mean, just Winnipeg couldn't catch a break and i mean and so right now they were able to cut the deficit in half in st louis and i would not doubt at all if they win this game here too and if i was st louis i wouldn't be overly worried dropping two in st louis because it's been just it's been hair and nails close if that's an actual saying but these are two fantastic teams and i mean there's a reason i i said that One's going to get bounced in the first round, and the other's going to somehow win the Stanley Cup. Uh, obviously an error, but, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a reason a for it. back and forth series, very physical. I mean, I think, in my opinion, Patrick Lyonet stepped up big for Winnipeg. Oh, they needed him to. really well. Then they needed it, right? I mean, it's been an even series. Like, And Bennington's been great tonight as well. I mean, last game, apparently he was the only reason they were in it. I only, I only, I didn't actually get to watch that one, he was but okay. he wasn't great. He it wasn't was, great. it was the beginning of the third. I heard it was. He'll probably even tell you he could play better and he mm-hmm. could play better tonight. Well, I mean, it happens too, and he's he's really answered the bell tonight. And this game, I mean, it's the pucks. It's gonna result. I, I think a sh- like just one little shitty play is gonna make the difference in this one. So, I mean, whoever wins this series is a legitimate threat because both of these teams are so well-rounded and they've got depth for days. They've got goaltending. I mean, Connor Hellebuck is on and off, but I still think he is a very talented goaltender and can get it done. So this is, it's, I'm really going to have my eye on this series moving forward. The West is just so close. It's been entertaining to watch the East. I mean, they gave us the wow factor and my god so happy that the playoffs are back (laughs) it's the best time of the year man 100 percent. just good good hockey all around it's the first round's always the best too just always i mean mean, hopefully we get some uh, seven game series hopefully not the leaf series but any of the other ones oh man i can't i uh, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get some sort of uh prescription if this Leafs game goes go Leafs series goes seven again because I don't know if my heart can take it but yeah I mean the the difference in physicality in the playoffs as well I mean look at the Leafs it when you looked at I looked at individual games of their hits I looked at the hit stats because I noticed that they were phys, they're noticeably getting hit more during the regular season and I mean what what's it right now is it even it's dead even between them and Boston right now in yeah, terms of hits? Close. Yeah, they've like, been physical. I mean, I think in game one and three, they controlled the physical play. Game two got a lot of hand. But other than that, I thought the switch. Like, again, help from Jake Muzzin, for example. Mm-hmm. But, oh, he's been yeah, dominant. Been really Zach Hyman, I mean, too. How, also, how can we not mention Mitch Marner with those two block shots? Oh, my God. Five seconds left. When you have your leading point scorer 
an absolute stud finesse player laying out his for the to block a shot for the team. I mean, how do you not rally around that? I I, I like I like where this team's headed. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm confident, but hopefully they get the win tomorrow night, and then we can all breathe a little bit. Because going back to Boston two two, oh, here come the nerves again. Oh yeah, I mean. Going back to Boston, you just know, no matter what, you just know what, no matter if it's 3 1, 2 2, 9 3, 2 3, whatever, 9 0, 2 1 0, you just know that that Boston building is going to be absolutely rocking for game five, and it's going to be a hostile environment to be in. But that's why I just love this sport so much. <laughs> One other guy I wanted to touch on just quickly I mean, Nathan McKinnon is an absolute stud. Holy. This guy is unstoppable right now. The goal he scored in overtime in game two was just insane. The speed he entered the zone with. Like that that he was in the zone and half a second later the puck was in the net. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. And I think that goal changed the series, really. Like the momentum swung their way. Got a big win in Kinda game feels three, like it. And who knows? If they can take another one. You never know. I mean, we oh, can yeah. see another upset. The wild the mo- I mean the most wild thing about Nathan McKinnon before his big breakout year last year was the fact that he used to play so he played so well in these tournaments for Team Canada, Team North America, and you just saw a legit superstar on the ice there, and it was always in the back of everyone's head. When is this guy gonna break out and show you that over an 82 game season or in the playoffs? And now it's finally come to fruition, and unfortunately for him, it was after he signed his ticket. Holy hell, that guy would be eleven million dollars if he signed this offseason. I guarantee it. But another unique thing about it, the way he stick handles, like he's moving faster than every single person on the ice, and he's stick handling. Like usually guys push the puck, but he's stick handling and he's moving at that speed. It's just it's an absolute treat. To watch him play it's worth staying up till uh, 1 a.m and getting two hours of sleep that's another great series there that i expected uh, calgary to have the big edge on that one but it's good to see good to see that we're, we're, we're seeing good hockey all around it's been great i mean what else can you ask for hopefully again we get a couple that go seven games we need, but we need seven yeah, we'll see Hope, next time we talk we'll, we'll hopefully it'll be at the end of the series and we'll We'll, uh, we'll know the matchups. But yeah, it's been good. Been a good first week and a half so far. Oh, can't, can't, couldn't ask for anything more. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps this episode up. Uh, thank, every, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. As always, uh, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and check out the YouTube page, which is for some reason has a different name than everything else. But, you know, it's still some great content anyways thanks josh for coming on this was awesome take care